0: What's up everybody and welcome back to the Verzi Effect podcast show. My name is Paul Verzi. Today is Monday, July 3rd. Well, it's technically, it's middle of the night, but whatever. I'm calling this Monday night. Uh, real sorry. Uh, it's late, but you will understand I had a crazy, crazy, um, just travel situation getting back to the States and also, uh, didn't have a charger for my computer, it was just nuts, so, um, not only did I not get Big J, but I didn't get the other one, because everything was just so hectic, and things were nuts over there, so, I have a very busy, busy show, you guys are listening to episode 120, and, um, but the cool thing is, now that I'm here, I scheduled a bunch of them with the comics in, uh, in New York, so, um... Moving forward, is going to be, I think I may go on one of those runs where I got a lot of guests in a row, but I don't know, I don't know, um, but I'm doing this because of just um, availability when I was there, how hectic and crazy things got with everybody, and also uh, travel plans, which I will explain, got a great show for you guys, got a ton of stuff to tell you about Montreal, I just got back from Montreal today, okay, which is the 29th, okay, when I got back here, I left on the 18th, um, insanely hard to be away from my family that long, but insanely amazing stories, and, um, amazing things that went down, which I would love to share with you guys, um, also, uh, did see some movies, um, and we'll just, you know, we'll get into this. Had a crazy situation at on an airplane and at the airport. Going to talk about that. So we're going to get right into it. Uh, the versie Effect Podcast Show is. As always, sponsored by Butterfly Radio. Download the free app today on your iPhone. Butterfly Radio app allows you to listen to your favorite podcast and send up to a five-minute audio message to your favorite podcast on there, and they could send one right back to you. You could also get your own podcast if you register on ButterflyRadio.com. Uh, and they added uh, new and improved. They added so many improvements to the app where you could listen to full episodes of great Podcasts like, um, I believe, Marin's on there now. Um, They have uh, Jim Florentine, uh, Joe Mattaris, Joe Rogan, Jay Moore, uh, just a ton. The Artie Lang Show's podcast is up on there. They have um, Skeptic Tank, Ari Shafir. So just a ton of great podcasts that you could listen to. So download that today, uh, Butterfly Radio. Okay. Yes, and excuse my voice if you could, uh, if you could hear. I'm a little hoarse right now, and it was just because of just so many different reasons. But I'll get right into this. Um, I spent, I spent from the 18th to basically the 29th in Montreal for this festival, and um, it was just absolutely insane, and I got to say, this is really a situation where I'm coming home from this comedy festival not as somebody saying, yeah, I did Montreal and I was at the Montreal Comedy Festival. I'm saying, dude, I need to get better and I need to write more. And that's a guy who had amazing sets and I had an amazing festival out there. And, you know, I, um, I don't know if I could have done better with what I did on stage everywhere I was. And yet, I still saw the lineups, and I saw who was out there, and I was like, holy shit, you got to get better. Um, I was originally scheduled to do um, the relationship show, which was four dates at Club Soda, um, which is where they do the nasty shows, like 500 people, all the shows were... um, all the shows were sold out there. Then we moved the next week, Wednesday and Thursday, to Metropolis, which seats like 1,100. First show was sold out. And I think the second show might have might have been 100 short, but it was, it was just so ridiculous, you know, or whatever, 900 plus. It was just insane. So um, I was supposed to just do that, and then they added a Best of the Fest and a As Seen on TV. So I was supposed to just do eight, and I ended up doing 14 shows in 10 days, all amazing. I ended up opening up for Moshe Kasher. I ended up opening up for Bobby Kelly. Then I ended up um, opening up for Judah Friedlander. I did another Best of the Fest. I did another as seen on TV show. So it was just it was just crazy. I did a midnight surprise show. So it was um, so much more. And being on these lineups was incredible. And. Man, I mean, you go out there and you're like, man, I'm doing the Montreal Comedy Festival. This is the biggest festival. This is the best festival in the world. I'm excited to be here. And then you get there and you see the lineup you're in. And I mean, if you're human, you get insecure. You're like, holy shit. And then, you you know, you crush. So this is what I'll say. And I feel this way. I feel like I did like, what did I do? I did 14 shows out there. I feel like 13 of them were fucking amazing. And I feel like one of them, I was average didn't bomb, but average, just, yeah, that was good, that was funny, but not, like, what I wanted, but, um, I was never more focused and just having a great time, it was the -the off-the-stage shit that is just, like, oh, my God, man, like, look, like, there's so many people that you respect, and, you know, I didn't realize how big of a festival this was, even when I knew it was the biggest festival in the world, that's how big it is, so, like, You just go, and I mean, they shut shit down. Streets are shut down. I mean, the entire city of Montreal is there for this. People travel from all over the world to see shows. Two million people come in. Chappelle came in, and he did ten sold-out shows. It was nuts. And, um, you know, you're just, like, walking around, and, like, you're just hanging out. And so, So we were at the Hyatt, and at night, when all the shows were done, because the last shows were midnight shows, so they would end around like whatever two, so like the lounge at the Hyatt was just packed with everybody, you know. So you just like I was like standing six feet from Chappelle, and you just see everybody, Dane Cook there, and 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 Seth Myers is walking an elevator, and you know during the day you just like see like all these people that is just and it's just crazy, and it just put into perspective like, holy shit, man, like, forget what what the, a festival is going to do for your career, you know, I mean, that's like, whatever, if something happens with that, great, just the level of stand-up you're at, and the shows that these crowds are getting are fucking awesome, and like, I'm serious, like, I'm, I'm like, I got to write more jokes, I got to get better, and you know, it's just so humbling when you see these people go, oh, man, great festival, and you were everywhere, and I found out that when they add more shows to your festival, that that means that they know that you're doing good, and that was great, so, um, just so cool, and, uh, by the way, I was, uh, by the way, shout out to, uh, you know, Bobby Kelly, and, and Judah Friedlander, and Moshe Kasher was real cool by, you know, just throwing me up some time, and, um, you know, it was just just so cool, man, and and great to, to get all that. And also I want to talk about some of the shows I saw because I was so busy, you know. And, you know, you want to do stuff and you want to go see Montreal. Last time I performed in Montreal, I was at the, the Comedy uh, Works where they do Best of the Fests and people work out their sets there. And um, I did see downtown like histo- or, like historic Montreal with the cobblestones and all like the beautiful mountain views. I saw that. But this time, you know, I was concentrating on shows. Also with the two kids, wanted to sleep. You always want to sleep, man, when you have kids. And I was, you know, but it's so hard because everyone that you're friends with and that you do comedy with and shows that are going on late, everyone's up till three, four drinking. So like you got to really watch you know, because you can have two, three drinks a night. That's fine. I only got, probably only got loaded, loaded like one night. But you know, just tired and where, like, ever. I don't care who you are, how old you are. When you're up till four o'clock in the morning, you know, bullshitting with comedians and having some drinks. It take it ta- it. It's insane. So watch that part. Also, didn't eat great. I think my diet got. I would say I probably gained like six on this trip, maybe five, but it was not, it wasn't awful, but I think with the drinking, the drinks probably did more, so hopefully that'll come off real quick, I still feel like I'm alright, but I definitely feel like my stomach's like looking at me like you're an asshole, like what the fuck did you do to us, we were going great, and then, you know, like the house was clean, the air condition was on, everything was quiet. You know, we had it down. the 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 grass was mowed. Everything was perfect. The landscaping was done. The birds were chirping. Everything, and then you just came in and you just kicked in the door and just started throwing tables and just breaking glass everywhere. And uh, yeah, that's you know. So I got to get the body back. But um, so there was a there was one night where you know because. And, and the thing about this festival, too, is especially the first week I was there, because there was only, you know, a handful, I mean, a, a bunch, but not as crazy as when everybody came in. Um, you know, so I bonded with some people, talked to some people, and um, I, I mentioned that, that I saw Maria Bamford, who was amazing. Also, um, Godfrey was doing a one-man show, and I kept telling him, yeah, I'm going to come and see, I'm going to come and see. And what I did was I I did my show at Metropolis and I want to get into that in a second because I had something happen there that is really unnerving and I'll, I'll talk about it and any anything that I could do to let you guys in, in on the inside of this thing but uh, and I will so hopefully this could be one of uh, a really informative you know thing about Montreal and, and, and get whoever prepared because if you work hard you'll get there so so maybe this will you know help you or, or whatever but um, and everyone's gonna have their own thing well, I'm just telling you from mine Um, but so I did my show at Metropolis, which was an earlier show. Then when that was done, I ran into one of the galas and I ran into Eddie Izzard's gala and I watched him open up and then I watched the first guy, which was cool. The whole thing was cool. And then I left there and I ran to Godfrey's room, which he was doing in the same building and studio theater, which uh, was amazing little room, probably one of the best little venues probably one of the best rooms and I watched forty five minutes of Godfrey Man and that dude is so physical and he's doing more and more voices and I really enjoyed it. So I watched him which was great. And I watched um I watched the unrep new faces. So these were just new comedians with um couldn't have a manager, couldn't have an agent, just straight up just got picked to go up there, do a couple of six minute sets and i saw some really funny ones man this dude joe zimmerman from new york he had me laughing and uh you know i I think uh, dave smith was on it and and uh doug smith two yeah i mean everybody i saw did good but i mean it was just really cool to see these dudes in a pressure situation with, with nobody Um, and it's all industry. So they're kind of like judgmental, not the greatest crowds. And you could see the dudes that just stay in their act and have fun. And regardless of the thing, those are the people that did well. So I got to see that. And it was just so awesome to see all of these, um, all of this comedy. But, um, you know, going back to what I was saying, well, since I didn't do new faces and I kind of, you know, just kind of skipped over it because, um, I did well on my audition and then they knew that I could do big venues, you know, what happened was people knew, heard about it and my manager spread the word about it and people would cut like agents and managers would come and see me. And it's really unnerving. Like as much as you perform in front of people, when you're doing a big venue at a festival and you know, an agent and a manager is in the room specifically for you, that was one thing that I've never, I've never dealt with because it's different than a showcase. You know, yeah, you perform and you audition for Comedy Central. You perform and you audition for for you know Letterman, which I actually did tonight. It's another reason why I'm fucking absolutely shot. But um, you know, you you're like ready because you're like, okay, Comedy Central's coming to see me. Okay, this network's coming to see me. Okay, they they're looking for eight of us. No, 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 that and you know, even as nervous as I was, and I'm not at nervous, but it's just weird to not have it in your head that, oh, that joke killed, I hope they liked it, oh, that joke did good, I hope they didn't, you know, didn't, like, wish that that killed as much as the next one, that was the only thing, and I, I I was happy, because I had a great set, I actually had, um, I had some big-time people come and specifically see me, and I did really well, and they really enjoyed it, so that was cool, but it was just weird, and that's what's out there, you know, um, Another thing I noticed and something that comedians need to know, as much as people want to talk about what you get at Montreal, you could get an agent, you could get a manager, you're around amazing comedians, it's great networking, it's all of that stuff. But, you know, and some people are like, well, you ain't going to get a show, they're not signing things. No, I mean, that's pretty hard, and I think just with money that networks have now and I think the way times have changed, it's it, it is probably rare to just go up there and get a sitcom The way people did back in the day, you know, uh, Kevin James got in uh, 92, he got King of Queens from the Montreal Festival. I don't know if that happens as much, but the one thing I noticed, so for anybody hating on it or anybody saying this or that about how it doesn't matter, I saw this firsthand. The one thing that I noticed is that just being there, just being in that room, just the network people seeing you is so big. Like, it's just like, because everyone's there, everyone's got a name tag and a pass, and like, it's almost like everybody looks, and there's almost like this different kind of, oh, like, you got here, you broke through, and and it's a good look, so I noticed, you know, I, I noticed that, um, and it's not, you can't be like, oh, well, if I don't go up there and get a show, I don't care, no, it's not about that, it's not about that, so, um, you know, and, and, and again. These lineups. Here's a lineup I did Best of the Fest. And it was awesome because it was packed out. The Comedy Works is basically Montreal's comedy cellar. So all comedians that do like big galas or TV shows. Or just want to get up and do a set at the festival. But it's just the lineups are sick and the place is insane. Um, And it was packed out to the point where industry had like reserved things in the back. And they had to stand really like tight in the back. And um, I went up. I went up early in the show. As a matter of fact, was it the host and then me? It was an awesome show, and I, I had a great set. But it was like me, Tom Papa, Pete Holmes, Jim Norton, Bert these some Canadian. It was just like monsters. Monsters. It was just like, and everybody leveled. And it was just like, holy shit. That's the one thing. There's no like lull. There's no. There's no like. Oh, all right. Like it's just the best. So that was that was something that I was like, man. Like, and it's so hard to not be insecure off stage. And then it's it's cool because when you're a pro and you do it so long, you go on stage and like you're not not that you're like insecure like a little fucking. I'm not saying it like that. I'm just saying like you're just like dude. This is fucking. And this is awesome. But then you're like, man, I, I want to show that I belong here. I guess that's what I'm I'm trying to say. And you're always constantly thinking, like, man, that person's been doing this and that person's been doing it for that long. And, you know, and then you go up there and you're always like, man, do I belong here? And you go up and you kill you, like, yeah, I do belong here. But it, it was it was insane. Um And you know, and and the and the the bonding and all that stuff. Now what they do is on the Friday night the uh, the the Friday before it ends, they have the midnight like huge midnight party where it's like open bar, hors d'oeuvres for everybody in the festival with a pass and on the list, and it's a funnier die party. So it was it's a funnier die midnight party, and like it was so cool because I'm sitting there and I, I got to talk. Me and uh, Sebastian Maniscalco were just sitting there shooting the shit, and Pete Corielli and De Rosa, and we were just all sitting there and we're just talking and. You know, you just look around and you're like, yeah, you know what? You kind of migrate to the people that you like and the people that you, you know. I mean, you got to play the game and, you know, agents will come up. And sometimes comedians will introduce you to agents and you just be nice. But, um, I mean, I have really nothing bad to say. The only thing that I did that I like that I did, okay, and... Um, but it was annoying as hell was, and I can't mention names here, but, uh, oh my God, it's a huge agency, but I can't even mention the agency's name because I, I can't do that. But let's just say there's a big agency out there, big. Okay, I'll give you the hint, top three. So there you go. There's an agency out there, and... You know, it really bothered me because, it didn't bother me, but like even me and another agent from another agency were like laughing about it, and even they were like, yeah, that's a shitty thing, but it was kind of great, so I go over to the comedy nest to do as seen on TV show, gets packed out, everybody knows it's a a festival show in the neighborhood, so I went out there, and I was going like 5th or 6th in the lineup, and the person going 7th was represented by this agency. Who was in the crowd? Now nobody was having a good set. Nobody was bombing, but nobody was just like the crowd was tight. And I went up, and after all these shows and opening for this one and that one and doing these big relationship shows that were out there for so long and being on stage, because like I said, I did, I did, uh, you know, 14 shows in 10 days. So by this time, I was probably doing like I don't know. I probably did like yeah, I was on like 12 or whatever. And I was just really comfortable and just believing in what I was doing on stage. And, and that's the thing, you're not doing a lot of minutes there. So you kind of know what works and you want to do well and you want to use what works. So I go on stage and I really start popping them to the point, And then I started smashing. I started to do really, really well. So this person who's represented by this agency, and this person is very nice. This has nothing to do with this person at all, the comic. So the comic goes on after me and struggled a little bit. I'm not going to lie. I'm being completely real, 100% true, like I always am with you guys. And and it was a, it was a, a tight room. Then I popped them open, and then I guess it went to a tight room again. And, and I don't think that I put that person in a position where it was easy to follow, to be 100% honest. Now, um... Matt Bronger was there. By the way, Matt Bronger's hilarious and cool as shit. If you guys don't know, him, Matt Bronger's on Chelsea, uh, Chelsea lately a lot. But he was there, and he's standing on the side of the stage watching my whole set, and he's laughing his ass off. So cool and so supportive. Now this is part of the story because Matt Matt takes up part of the story. So I get off stage, and Matt was like, "Dude, really funny shit, dude. I've never seen you before, and it was great." Then I walked to the back of the room to watch the show. And other comics are like, great. And I see agents back there. So now this one agent walks past me. And it was clearly an opportunity to show love for what I just did. And they didn't. They kind of just looked at me and kept walking. And I'm like, man, that's funny because everybody else is like, great job. Even another agent said, great job. Then I realized that this agent represented the person who went after me. And the person who went after me was practicing to do a TV show. And that's why the person was acting like a jerk. So I was like, man, that's I don't I don't get it. And then all of a sudden two and two equaled four. And I go, ah, okay. Now I see. Now I see. Okay. So that's fine. Instead of probably being a better agent by going, Hey, you know what? Great job, dude. That was awesome, man. Like, you know, instead of doing that, it was more like this thing. So I'm like, okay, all right. I'm not gonna forget that. And then we're in an elevator going down to the car service because after you're done a show, they the Just for Laughs is so official and legit that like you get shuttled everywhere and then you get shuttled back to the Hyatt to your hotel when you're done. I mean, it's insane. This is like an operation that like, and I mean, it's on lock. The whole thing is just crazy. Everywhere has got a pass. Everyone knows where to go in a whole entire city, like the whole country, that side of the country. It's insane. I don't even know how, I can't even believe how big it is. It literally was like the Olympics. I know that I use the analogy it was an all-star game, but it's like the Olympics. And that funny-or-die party at midnight is kind of like the closing ceremony. Like, that that's what... Like the DJ and screens everywhere. It was, it was it was just too much. So we're going down to the car service and Matt Bronger is standing next to that agent and goes, Oh, hey, man. Yeah, do you know Paul? And then the agent put his hand up goes, Yeah, hey, yeah, nice job. But I knew what he was doing. He was annoyed. And... And you know, so but you saw that, and I got to tell you, the one thing that is weird about this festival is it's almost weird how all of these people flock, all of the industry flocks to talent. I'm not trying to be disrespectful to industry because I know that that's the business chosen. they chose and they got to make money and there's good money in it, but it was almost sad. And there are some agents that don't care about the star and don't care about if you're a star yet that believe in what you're doing and believe where you're going to go. And those are the people I want to work with. And I was fortunate enough to meet some people like that and also to get in front of some just great people, production people. You know, um, my managers did so much to get people to look at me and and it was just an amazing overall experience and great thing to do to be there. So... um, I, I just, you know, my first festival and people saying, man, great first festival. You were everywhere. And it was just an absolute um, amazing experience and something that I'll never forget. And also something that will motivate me to go, hey, dude, like, don't get it, don't get crazy. Don't get it twisted. You need to write and get better and better because I want to go back there because they bring people back. But I want to go back there and eventually get a one-man show, uh, you know, eventually just, you know, do my own thing out there and, you know, because... um the people that did it were really good. Were really good. And you could see that they're just dedicating everything. Excuse me. I got my... Got my tea here. My uh, Diet Snap. It was a Versi Effect podcast show. TVE episode 120. I'm your host Paul Verzi. Sponsored by Butterfly Radio. Download the free app today. On your iPhone. Now... Here is how things got crazy. Here is why I didn't get another podcast off. Okay, at least one. Other than the fact that it just got so nuts the last few days and there were awards, Um, Colin Quinn gave a keynote speech and, um... Yeah, and Andy Kindler did, like, an address or a state of the business thing, and I I, I missed that, uh, but I, I saw Colin's... Um, you know, keynote speech, and, um, you know, he made some really good points, and he's just talking, like, like, the things that I like that he said is, like, um, and part of me was, like, do I want to go to it, but then everybody was going, and I'm, like, yeah, you know, I'll just see, but I just feel like everybody has their own way and, and opinion and stuff, but I, I did go to see what he said, and he said some things that were really pointy, like, like, um, you know, like if a Booker looks at a comic once and the comic doesn't do well, you can't take it from that. He's saying that, like, um, you know, you know, Bookers want to get guys with a lot of Twitter followers, which is just so stupid. And like, he just kept it to like a stand-up purist. And um, you know, he had some really good points, and I think you could you could watch it. But I, I really liked I liked some of the things that he said. Um, It wasn't the greatest speech in the world, but I'm not going to sit here and lie, but it was definitely, it's hard to be a comic and sit in front of comics and have the greatest speech in the world, especially since we're all kind of doing the same thing, trying to get the same thing, but it was was definitely good and he had moments where he just hit you and going, oh man, like he's talking to me or he's talking to what we really wish that he could tell, you know, taking some shots at industry and saying things. Um, he was joking about how young industry- you know how young the industry wanted it, and you know he took some shots at just all the networks and stuff um which was really cool, but again, just to see Colin Quinn there and um and just these people that you grew up with and you're just standing in a bar with them or you're just hanging out it it was a little like man like I wanna like I don't know, though, I had feelings, like, I had I had weird feelings, and I don't know if it came from insecurity, or, like, just the fact that I was up every night till four and drinking, so maybe that made, you know, and like I said, not drinking a lot, like, someone was even like, Verzi never leaves, like, staggered, or you're never, like, you're always in control, and it's like, of course I am, because this is business, and I gotta concentrate on the shows, but even having two, three drinks... And going to bed at four o'clock in the morning after a while. So I didn't know if that played a part of it. But like I would watch things and I would see things and I would be like, man, like I want to, I don't know. Like I I don't know. There were just parts that I liked and then there were weird parts. Like I didn't want to be in like the, I didn't want to get to a, I don't even feel like I want to get to a point where. All the industry standing around you and wants to talk to you. I almost want to get to a point like like one thing that happened which really stuck with me was Chappelle was in the lobby. And uh, he was holding his son. He was actually with his wife and kids in the lobby one day. Um, And he's just standing there and he's he's chilling out. And he's just literally wearing like a black wife beater and a hat. And he was just holding his son. Uh, I think it was his son or daughter. And he's just standing there. And, like, people were just watching him, and they weren't really bothering him. They were just watching him going, oh, there he is. Man, he's doing a show tonight. There he is. And, like, I remember being, like, that's so much better, you know, to just get so good that people are like, yeah, I'm going to go see a show, but I'm going to leave him alone than to be, like, in the thing and just have, like, one good set and have, like, the vulture circling you. And I remember feeling that way. And I was just like, that's the way. It just gets so good that people are like, yeah, there's so-and-so, and he's, like, you know, I'm just being honest, like, like, you know, he's with his family, he's here, he's going to kill, he's doing really well, and he, and don't get me wrong, it's cool to have, you know, the, 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 you know, like, the other thing, but I just felt like, man, like, you know, just being like that, and it just made me go, you know, man, you got to write, you got to go and write and dig deeper and just get to a point where people like, I got to see that guy, you know, that's what I really, really was feeling. You know, to the point where like people that don't pay attention to you now are now wishing they could pay attention to you. But you're so big that they almost can't pay attention to you after either. That like in between phony shit is what I want to skip. And I saw a lot of things, and if this makes sense, I saw a lot of things that made me go, um, I see now why I am why, why I am. I see how I'm a family man, I see that I like to go and do my work and get on stage, but then go away into the woods or into the suburbs and be with my family, like, I see that because I don't like the whole, the feeling that you get when you're just, when you're out there and you got, and you got to be good at it and you got to be able to network, but like, I'm just like, I think that that's why I'm great with my managers, that's why I can click with the industry that I did click with, like, the other managers out there, And, um, you know, I mean, I met some great people, man, um, great people, great, great managers, great production company, great agents that, like, are at my, like, you talk, you could talk to them, but the other shit, I'm not, like, the other shit is just, like, man, that's all bullshit, and I could totally see why I'm doing the family thing, you know, and why I am, why I am, because I'm not, I'm not that way, like, I don't like that, um, you know, I just want to do my thing, have fun, and get the fuck out of there. Is is really what I want to do, you know? And and some people just handle it awful, just getting fucking drunk and stupid and like yelling and you know, thing. It's it's just it's like handle your business, you stupid asshole. You know what I mean? Like don't don't you're out here like this is business. What are you going to be, the funny guy that just people know they're stagger? Yeah, CBS is going to really want to fucking do a deal with you knowing that right after you're done shooting for the season, there's a chance you're going to get a DWI or be puking in an elevator at some fucking Hyatt in New York with TMZ all over it and you screaming at them. It's so stupid, you know? Like, that's why people didn't look at, you know? And somebody told me, they go, don't ever be the last person at a party, especially with industry and business there. Oh, I, I I think I talked about the food trucks that they had, but if I didn't, I will reiterate it. Uh, they had food trucks up on the hill, and they had meatballs, classic meatballs. They had all these things. The meatloaf sandwich I talked about with the relish. They had all. They had dim sum. You just go up there and you eat, and it was awesome. All the fat comics were shoving donuts. I'm not gonna mention their names. All the fat comics and fat industry people were eating these donuts. They had pistachio donuts, caramel donuts, and they were like pillows. They were huge. Um, it was just really, just so hilarious to see people just drinking and eating like they were. F- it's just funny when you go away. When you go away, uh, you know, you you watch people just act the way they act and they're away from there, they're away from like, they think they're away because they're not doing what they normally do at home, they're drinking beers during the day and they're just eating like shit, you know it's just going to take a toll, but it was great, I met some great people out there and uh, you know, I I hope to go back to this festival and I just want to get better and better, so um, I guess that's pretty much it for the actual festival. You know, uh, it ended last night. I think Whitney Cummings had a gala, and then Dave Chappelle did a midnight show. But Sunday it was kind of dead. And I'll tell you why I know that, everybody. The reason why I know that is because Air Canada bent me over, just like the rest of the people on the plane, and fucked us hard. That's what happened. So... I'm at this festival and I loved it. Like I said, it was amazing. But all I wanted to do was go home to my family. I was literally just thinking about holding my son and daughter. Just the thought of holding them. It was the greatest like, dream I had, and I was like, I gotta get back to them, I couldn't handle this shit anymore, okay, enough with the meatballs, and the fat shit, and these fucking, you know, these vultures, you know, just flying around, and people shoving meatballs in their face, and I just, I was done, I was done with the, you know, who's show you going to, oh, you get the schedule, oh, yeah, yeah." just weird, these fucking talentless nobodies looking at things, It, it bothered me, it really did, though, that's the one thing. It's, it was amazing, but like, and I'm talking not even. And, and here's the thing: some people that weren't even agents or industry trying to better were there, going like, "Oh, we have to see this." It was almost weird. Um, all the workers they treat you great, and they were amazing. If you're listening to this, and you're there, though, man. All of the people that worked there, they're like, "Oh, can I get you a car service, or do you need this, or can we walk you to the event?" Just amazing. But anyway, so I gotta get. The, I want to get the fuck out of here, and everybody's leaving. Okay everybody's leaving on Saturday and then and then Sunday and I'm supposed to leave on Sunday and I at this point I haven't seen my family in about ten days and I'm supposed to fly out and take a 3:40 p.m. flight Sunday which lands me at LaGuardia at five o'clock all right so we get there and um, Cool plane. The plane had a bunch of, you know, comedians, my boys on the plane too. Mike Vecchione, Hannibal Burris was on the plane. Um, Ryan Hamilton was on the plane. This dude who like judges the and, and produces the characters for Just for Laughs was there. One a writer on Saturday Night Live who was scouting out the character show was on the plane and we had, you know, met and talked and, you know, I Ryan, Hannibal and, and Mike, we were, you know, we know each other. So we were on this plane. We get on and we board at 3 o'clock, okay? I'm not making this up. 3 o'clock we board. Take this in because now I'm going to start. Now this is ridiculous. So, and I'm getting text messages from friends back. Hey, we're back home. We're back in the States. And I'm sitting there and I'm like, oh my God, by 6 o'clock tonight, I will be holding my baby girl and my son. I'll probably be eating a nice dinner, put the kids to sleep, watch a movie, get some rest. That's all I'm thinking about on this plane. And you guys know I don't like to fly. I don't care for it. I'm like, get, let's get. And it, it wasn't even good weather. And I was like, I don't give a shit. Let's take off in this thing. Okay? I right, Fuck it. You know what? If you guys say go, go. And I'm sitting there and Air Canada's got good movie options. So I'm like, I'll watch a movie on the way. Or, you know, half a movie because it's such a short flight. And we are supposed to take off at 3.40. Captain comes up. Yeah, guys, we're going to be delayed about 27 minutes. So that's okay, right? 27 minutes. Fucking little did I know. So, 27 minutes go by, Folks, unfortunately, we're getting news from New York that the weather's pretty bad. We're going to have to wait here an hour. I'll get back to you in an hour. We're going to have to... Powered and they they started to taxi towards the runway. We have to power down the engines and so we're sitting there for an hour. And I start watching movies. I'm gonna talk about the movies in the movie section of this, but I'm just like you know now like an hour and a half goes by and you know we're sitting there. Then I look out the window and it's a monsoon. I've never seen rain. I'm like all right now we're not we can't take off in this. You couldn't take off in this shit. Like it would if you took off in it, it wouldn't work out. That's how you know that's how bad it was. The shit would it just it would be ridiculous. So I'm saying, okay, this makes sense. So then it starts clearing up. The sky starts getting a little better. And we're like, all right. And he goes, hey, folks, uh, unfortunately, uh, I just talked to New York. And uh, we're going to be here another hour. Now people start moaning. Now we're looking at like two and a half, two and a half hours. So I'm watching movies. I'm trying to calm down. And I'm thinking, all right, worst case what is it, it's going on 6 o'clock, worst case, we'll get off, wait for the weather, now if I get on at 8 o'clock, I'll get home by 9, land at 9, get home by maybe 10.30, okay, Uh, folks, uh, got some unfortunate news, it's going to be another hour, now I'm fucking starting to hate Canada, I'm like, you fucking pussies, Just go, like, you know, I started just, I started taking it on the country, which I know is completely ignorant, but fuck it, at this point, I didn't give a shit, not to mention they gave you a drink and fucking three little pretzels that couldn't satisfy a mouse's appetite, and I'm, and, and they're not giving any extra things, then the pilot starts walking down the aisle with, like, an iPad showing the storm, Oh no, I actually think it's going to clear up in a few minutes, and we're going to take off, he goes in the back, we're just waiting, we're waiting, nothing, seven o'clock rolls around, seven o'clock, do the math. Three to seven, four fucking hours on this Air Canada plane watching these movies. Their gesture was offering people like a half a plastic cup of water, okay? These assholes should have been giving out cheese trays and fucking salami and sausage and shit. You know, they should have had somebody drive the damn whatever those stupid things are that pull the... They should have somebody drive over with a catering for the shit we were going through. People started freaking... I actually almost had a panic attack. Because I start going, oh, my God, I've been on here four hours. I'm in this, like, metal tube. And I start to straight up have a panic, anxiety, attack, claustrophobia. And I'm like, what if I just start freaking out right now? And I had to start breathing and shit and, like, really get my shit together because I was freaking out. I did not know what to do. I'm just sitting there. I'm going, man. I want to go, you know. And then I calmed down and I went back to the movie I was watching. And I'm thinking, man, I'm, I, I just want to see my kids. Why is this? I've been here for 12 days. I'm one of the longest runs of the festival, you know. All these shows. I just don't want to think about. I just want my. I just want to go home to my family. And I started freaking out. And added, no, I just start hating Canada, like like start taking it out on Canada, which is, they were they were lovely, and 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 I don't know why, but I just started getting pissed. And then um, they're like, "All right, folks, here's what we're gonna do: we are gonna taxi back to the gate, and it'll be your option to get off if you want. We're gonna refuel, wait, and then get ready to take off." So we get to the gate. And people are like, what do you mean get off? Like, are we going to even be able to? And the flight attendant goes, no, 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 we're going to refuel and go. So I I think you should stay on or whatever. And then five minutes later, folks, we've just been informed the flight's been canceled. Now people are just. And then everyone gets on the phone. And while everyone's on the phone, everyone's saying no flights, no flights, no flights. So one group of people goes, no, there's a Delta flight going off right now. But it was full. And I think it did take off, which makes no sense. Because that was going to LaGuardia. Unless it got canceled last minute, I don't know. But somebody said it was actually packed and taking off. So we didn't know if it was an Air Canada thing. So we're tired, sitting there fucking sweating, whatever the hell it was, you know, just putting air on you for, you know, four hours of this shit. And I'm sitting in the window seat and I had this guy sitting next to me, some asshole with his legs like spread out, leaned back. And, and it was one of these assholes where I got two unacceptables for the week. By the way, we are going to do starting next week. So I am saving the unacceptables that I have either on Butterfly or emailed to me, uh, or you, that, you know, that we're going to do. But I have two today. Okay, this asshole this stupid asshole like like he's like he's the only one dealing with this shit. He was one of these guys where he's in the aisle of a two seat two seats. Okay, it's not three, it's not like big, there's not a lot of leg room. He's in the passenger he's in he's in the aisle and I'm in the I'm in the window and I go to get up to go to the bathroom and he's one of those assholes that didn't get up, he just like leaned to the side so I could step over his knees. I should have taken his fucking headphones and wrapped them around his stupid neck until his until his eyeball started to turn purple and his veins started coming out of his neck. And I said, "You're gonna get up now, asshole. I've been here four hours. I need you to sit there and act like you you're tired." T- what? I'm not tired. Oh, this stupid dick. And he had he had one of those stupid haircuts under a hat where he just wanted to take his hat, throw it down the the airplane, and go. You you look stupid anyway, you dick face. Oh, I was so pissed off. Like he, it was inconveniencing him that I sat four hours and had to piss once or twice. Unacceptable for the week. The other unacceptable is Air Canada giving a not even a second bag of shitty pretzels that only three or four of them came in. Not not even not even oh we're real sorry not even hey. You know what? You're going to get 25% off or, or 50% off your next ticket to Air Canada. We're sorry for this. Not because of the But, but they said that you can't because of the weather. But no, not because of that. Forget the weather. I get it. Weather's not... Keeping people on for four hours, you know shit's not going to improve. Get them off the plane. And they kept you on for four hours because that's illegal. It's it's After four hours, it's illegal to do that. So now I got Mr. I don't want to get up. Unacceptable. And... Air Canada, giving half little things of water, no food, not even a free complimentary second shitty bag of pretzels, shitty bag of pretzels, not even two cookies, those awful cookies, nothing. Nothing from these people at all. Sitting on an airplane that they kept telling you hour after hour for four hours. Nothing. So finally we just taxi back and said, this flight has been canceled. And we get off and there's no airplanes. So then you had to call up and as you got off, they're just going, well, call up, here's the thing, interrupted flight. They'll try to set you up with a hotel or something. And one guy tried grabbing it fast and goes, come on, dude, I'm pissed. I thought they were going to fight. He goes, come on. And the guy just fucking, like, tried to lunge and just grab the flight. And he's screaming and cursing and says, What kind of bullshit? This is fucking bullshit. Just give me the flyer. And the guy that worked there, like, wouldn't give it to him right away. And it got a little weird. But the guy was really pissed off. He actually was on my flight today. So other comedians' options, uh, the, the comedians' options were, or the flight options, I should say, were... 8-something, and 10.55. And I think the majority of the guys took the 10.55. I think Vecchione and them took the 10.55. I think Hannibal took the 8-something. I took the 6.45 because I just wanted to get home. And um, it was funny because Hannibal was sitting next to the guy that wanted to fight the guy that worked there. And Hannibal was like a little bit in front and he's just so calm demeanor. This guy's like, man, this is fucking bullshit. He's losing his shit. He's going nuts. And then I start getting up to walk off and I'm standing next to Hannibal. And Hannibal just kind of looks like this. Man, it stinks. But like couldn't give it. She like, was still into his movie. So, fun. and the guy next to him, like, it couldn't have been more different. It was like an angry, steroided linebacker sitting next to, like, just a mellow pothead, it, and, and they acted that way. It was really funny. But uh, we we all, finally, we get to the, to the, you know, inside the airport, and the Just for Laughs festival was so cool, and, you know, since they're the ones that booked a flight for us, they sent a shuttle back for us, brought us back to the Hyatt, and gave us free rooms, which was awesome. So you know, uh, then I go to customs this morning around 5 a.m., go through that, a little more difficult than yesterday, of course, because it's the last time, and, um, then there were rumors about weather, which was freaking me out, but we did take off, and I landed in New York, um, And that was it didn't see many comedians on the 640. Jim Norton was on the plane. Other than that, I didn't see anybody else, um, you know, on that flight. I think, you know, they were like, listen, you know, fucking you got kids, you know, we we hear you, but we're getting some sleep. So that was, um, yeah, that's why I was an extra day going back to the hotel at that time. Um, And just being absolutely shot. There was no way that I could get the podcast off the way that I wanted to. Because I wanted to describe to you guys what this festival was and um, how it was and all that stuff. And there was no way that I'd have been able to do it. So uh, I'm doing it now. And I wanted to, I told my managers and I told everybody, I said, look, I said, here's the deal. Okay, I need time. I need two or three days, okay, I've been without my kids, I've been on stage every, I mean, 14 shows in 10 days, at the biggest festival in the world, I'm exhausted, just, you know, I need a couple of days of my kids tired, and then they're like, oh, Letterman, people want to see me again, which is great, because they saw me once before, and then I got another audition for a network on Wednesday, so, listen, I'm not complaining, it's all amazing, but holy shit. So I probably shouldn't even be doing this damn podcast, but because I love the Verzi Effect, listeners. See, this is what I do for you, okay? You guys need it. I told you it would be out by Monday. I know by the time you get it, it's Tuesday, but I had to do this for you guys. I wanted you guys to... I don't want to leave you guys hanging too long. Another thing that sucks when you go to that country is the phone situation. I didn't know what if I was roaming, airplane mode, data on, data off. All these nerdy, techie people were like, oh, yeah, you got... It. Go to settings, like I don't know that shit. I just, I don't know. I, you know, I I check my Twitter. I check, you know, occasionally I check my Facebook. The fuck. Now, um. Yeah, so that's that was that that was pretty much it. And I'm finally home. And I cannot tell you enough how it felt to get off that plane in New York, and just look around and go oh my god and see my phone just go to normal i just my phone should have my phone might as well have just said not fucked up and weird anymore we're back that's what the iphone should have said it was it was awesome but it didn't end there everybody it didn't end there because i get to LaGuardia, and my wife and kids can't get me that early because she would have had to leave so after all of that being up at 4 something after that horrible thing I get on a shuttle bus because I can't even go home because I don't my, we're staying with my my mother up near Poughkeepsie, New York until our house we closed on our house 3 days ago while I was in Montreal So now they're just painting it and putting in new floors. And the house is literally, I mean, uh, redoing the hardwood floors a little bit. Just giving it like an extra couple of things and, and painting it. So we're going into a brand new beautiful house in a week, which is great. But I'm far upstate, so I can't even take a car. Like I can't take a car. I have to get to a train. So I get on a shuttle to Grand Central. Then I get on a train to Grand Central to go up. And then finally I get off the train after doing all of that shit. Planes, trains, and automobiles—a plane, a shuttle, uh, a train, and then a car—and my wife and son and daughter get out, and my daughter's looking at me, going, "Dad, dad, dad, dad," and I just fucking holding my kids, and it was—it um, was seriously the one of the greatest. It was just like to see how much my son missed me, and and what it was the greatest thing ever, and and what what it meant to be with them um put everything into perspective man it was just amazing and i was like as as happy like i didn't think it was so cool t- i didn't think of anything else but just literally the feeling of holding him and being with them it was amazing it was it was fucking it was awesome and um i could see that that, that he needed me and and my daughter It was so cool because my wife took my daughter out and I was holding both of them. And Lucas is much bigger. He's four. And my daughter, you know, she's still kind of light, but she's over one now. And then when we're like, all right, we're going to get in the car and drive now. So when my daughter went back in the car seat, she kind of took that as I guess she wasn't going to see me again. And she just started crying. And then when she saw me, she was smiling and it killed me. It was amazing. So uh, I don't mean to get sappy here, but just that that long ass thing about getting home had to come to I, that, like that's what i needed and that's what i was waiting for that's what i wanted yesterday so to finally get that was uh oh man you know i don't think you could you know really ask for something more than you know going to what i went to and and doing that and then coming home and, and getting that and just you know it's 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 everything so. Um, You know, it's got to be tough for a comic that doesn't have that to go to, and I'm starting to realize that more and more. You know, because there's a 43 year old comic right now who's fucking sitting in a studio apartment, eating ramen noodles, watching fucking, you know, Wipeout, just weeping because nobody's there tomorrow. Like that's that's like a nightmare. Like even a good comedian, there's probably a great comedian sitting in some studio right now, eating noodles, watching Wipeout going like the only thing i gotta do tomorrow is laundry and i got a ten thirty spot and then i'm just gonna come home and cry <laughs> no, i don't know i fucking who knows who knows what people want all i know is um i got what i wanted and and that was awesome so um sorry if you're a comedian eating ramen noodles or any kind of noodles right now watching wipeout that would be probably like such a nightmare probably the last time you ever listen to my my <laughs> my podcast um but it was cool it was cool to to go down to the city after being in montreal and just going back to your your scene that you're comfortable with and i did an audition tonight for letterman and it was nuts like i was it was so eat fun and just yeah whatever it is what it is it's another set you know even though it's not another set it felt like another set and um it's cool, man. The, the stand is really cool. You guys, if you come to the thing, come down to the stand. Like, young comedians hang there. Uh, I, I was going to say this one dude. I mentioned him before, but uh, Ryan uh, Henderson. Uh, Ryan Henderson. That's how tired I am. Sorry. Ryan Hernandez uh, was a, is a young comic from California, and he moved, and he did it. Like, he's just like, fuck it, man. I'm getting funny, and I want to come out here. And, like, that's what you got to do. And, like, it's cool. Like, the stand, like, just lets those dudes chill and watch shows and stuff. And, you know, but... Um, had a good time in my home club, you know, doing that damn thing. Uh, I just have this vision. Like, it would be great to just audition for something like that. And then, like, when you're done, you have to be clean. Just go, yeah, is that fucking, is that what you wanted, huh? Is that what you fucking, is that what you want Just to curse, just to let it out because you got to be so, like, TV clean. I'm exhausted right now. I'm sorry that I'm rambling. and But I had to give you what you want. And guess what, everybody? There's more TVE. So this is an extended. This is going to be an extended one. So we didn't even get to, to some stuff here. Just wanted to give you the, you know, I know I owe you some minutes because I was supposed to do an extra one too. Don't you worry. I'm going to keep my shit together here. Um, all right. Now, movies. I did see some movies on the plane. I saw 42 the Jackie Robinson movie which I did not see in theaters obviously and I watched it on the plane cuz lord knows we had the time and um I got to tell you it it wasn't I, I knew the story and it wasn't great but I th- I I liked how you kind of found out why it went down and I like that I like what Harrison Ford said um I also like how like in the in the one that like Blair Underwood played, you know, they would just say certain things, they would say certain things, but it wasn't as harsh and I gotta be honest, if I was a black dude, if I was a black dude in America right now, I just know i i how do you not have a chip? How would you like it it's not it's so easy and dumb for white people to say. Like, man, fuck that. Let it go. It happened years ago. No. No. It's ridiculous. And watching the Jackie Robinson movie and seeing some of the things that that dude went through and endured while having a wife and a family was actually angering me to the point where I was like, I can't believe how dumb and harsh and horrible people were. And, and it was just, there was one scene where like the dude from the, the manager of the Phillies is just on him so much like just calling him the n-word after and calling him this and porch monkey and this, and all of these horrible things and, and saying all kinds of shit and he just goes into like the into the tunnel like he goes out of the dugout he goes into the tunnel he just shatters a bat and he's screaming and he wants to kill the guy so bad and then Harrison Ford talks to him and tells him like dude beat him on the field and like just and it was just like and I think, and I know this is crazy, but I think how tired I was, I don't know if it was how tired I was or how much I wanted to see my kids, but I, I almost, and obviously the movie, the racism, but I almost like got emotional twice. I was just like, oh my God. And that's the last thing I want to do. I got this asshole next to me. So he's going to be like, yeah, this guy goes to the bathroom and he's a bitch. <laughs> you know, I didn't want to do that, but man. Like, I was just thinking, and, and, you know, as as much as people are are, are shitty, you know, there are good people, and it, but, oh, my God, like, that was really, like, the level of that. And um, it actually started making me think of my black friends, my black friends who I love and are good people, you know, and think about what they went through and what their family went through and then them hearing stories about their fam, what their family went to, and it was, it it, it was, it was really hurtful, and it was really showing me that, you know, people that I grew up with, and, and, and jokes that were told were, are really fucking shitty, and, and, you know, and, and I know that it was never really in my heart, or malicious, but you would make a joke, just to, just to make a joke, just to make someone laugh, and, you know, growing up with, with people that, you know, racism is was a part of their upbringing, and they don't know better, so it's, as much as people could say it's malicious and shitty, it's also very, you know, naive, and what you come up in, and, and, and just, but the whole thing, and, and the movie really, it touched me more about that than the actual movie, because I knew that the dude was a monster in the, in the field, and, and hitting, and, you know, was just a great ba- baseball player, but just, Just what he had to endure to the point where, like, when the bus would come in, like, hotels would go. The Dodgers can't stay here because of him. And not only that, like, there were a few teammates that through his career didn't want him there. That's another thing. Like, there were teammates that, like, didn't want him to shower with them and stuff. Like, and and there were also awesome teammates that, like, loved him and shit, which is great. But, um yeah that so that's what i take like the movie was good the acting was good i would definitely say see it if you're home and it comes on i'd really watch it but for me what really hit me was like i guess i guess you know maybe being in the business that i'm in and seeing people and and knowing that when you travel you could see smart people that that are open-minded and understand things and see how fucking horrible people were and stuff and and you just see that and you're like whoa and I have a couple of black friends, you know, that sometimes don't, you know, sometimes, I guess after seeing that movie, I'm not going to call out my friends using the race card unless it's ridiculous. You know, I mean, if a fucking candy store runs out of ice cream or candy and then they're like, ah, it's because I'm black. I mean, that. But I'm talking about like if somebody really is like feels threatened by them and the color of their skin or they say something like I, I would be like, well, it probably is happening. you know, after seeing that fucking movie, that was rough, but, um, triumphant, all at the same time, then, the other movie that I went, that I went to see, and I didn't get to finish it, so don't ruin it, everybody, don't ruin it by texting and going, oh, here's what happens, I don't want to know, but I saw The Place Beyond the Pine, and I got to about, I think I got a half hour left, 20-something minutes left. And man, I was, I'm was, i into it hard. I'm into it hardcore right now. Gosling is like this stunt guy, motorcycle guy. and um, He had a one-night stand with Ava Mendez. And she never told him about the kid. And he wants to be in the kid's life. But she's got another guy. And he's kind of a fuck-up. And he tries to start robbing banks to raise money to get them together. And then... He gets into it with the cop who's played by Bradley Cooper. It's just... And then there's Corrupt Cops. I mean, it got good. Good soundtrack, too. They had that... uh, There was a sick scene where he gets in... uh, He takes money out of a bank. And then, like, right after, like, it's successful. And him and his buddy are partying with the money. Or, like, excited about the money flashing it around. You hear that dancing in the dark shit from the 80s like even if it was dancing and the shit was quit smoking cigarettes it was sick I was like man this is I gotta do even in the evening same way that was that was pump It was ridiculous ridiculous oh my god I gotta, I gotta see the rest of the movie what happens I don't know even if the end, even if the last 25 minutes was awful, from what I saw, I would say that was a good movie, I think. You know, I mean, unless it's just such a disaster at the end that you're like, oh, that didn't even, you know, that wasn't crazy or ridiculous that, you know, that, that blew it. But, I mean, I, I, I'm, I'm enjoying it. So, th- those are the two movies I saw and um, I got to finish one of them. But if you guys like those movies, or you know, let me know. And if you guys know of any movie that's like the uh, Beyond the Pines movie, like something like that, because I loved it. Like, And that takes place in Schenectady, New York, which is a couple hours up north from, you know, where we are here. Uh, but still, uh, I went to college. I had a brief stint over at Herkimer County Community College because I'm the only asshole in the world who pays to go away to a community college because I wanted to get away from home and get the feel. And instead I just partied and fucking had a nervous breakdown and and lost my shit because all I was doing was drinking and partying until 3 in the morning. Then I came home and actually started doing good here in college and then realized, you know what, I don't want to hear a professor talk anymore so I'm going to do stand-up. But Schenectady was near there. So, um, if, yeah, I, I, they did another movie too, like up in near beacon was the one with uh, Paul Newman and uh, Bruce Willis. What was that one called? Shit. Anyway, I don't know. It's connected to where I could pick stuff out. The one with Paul Newman and Bruce Willis, like you could see, like they were in certain places. So yeah, I I uh, Place Beyond the Pines, and I mean I know it's Ryan Gosling with blonde hair and like a knife teardrop tattoo. I know. Don't don't get don't let that you know, don't judge it by the the cover of the DVD because it, it it could look kind of corny. Like oh, there's this pretty boy Gosling dressed in tattoos. This is gonna be weird, but no, it was it was pretty good. I wake up in the evening. Who who sings that song? I know, fuck. I'm like into this podcast. I'm having fun talking, but I am tired. So I'm like, I might be. All right. I I've been so out of it with sports that I came home and I didn't realize that Alfonso Soriano was back on the Yankees. They were like, yeah, Alfonso Soriano's ninth inning run makes the Yankees win, and I'm like, that guy's not on the Cubs anymore. That's how, A, not into baseball I am anymore, and B, how long I've been out of the country. Because if I was home, I would have watched SportsCenter and at least known that. Or at least seen it on some kind of headline. So this has been a whirlwind month. You know, going away to my wife's family for the 4th, and then coming home, and then opening for Burr in New England, and then going to Montreal for damn near half half the month all while, you know, trying to move, and then next week we got to move. It's been crazy, people. Uh, and my mom can't help watching the kids tomorrow because my mom had surgery today. Uh, not bad. It's not big surgery. She had something, some little minor thing done, but she's out of commission for a while, so... Um, the longer I talk, the dumber this is because I'm going to have two little ones in the next, let's see, f- six hours. Going crazy, freaking out, asking for me. And, um, I'm just trying to think. Yeah, I'm pretty excited that the next house that I'm going into, like the next place when we go with our friends, is going to be our nice big house in the country. It's going to be, that's it that's it get up in the country gotta have a little little get together alright what else do we got going on here what else do we have going on I don't know man it's just good to be back it's good to be back talking to you guys get this up I'm gonna get this up right after I do this so you guys can listen to this tomorrow and uh... Wago Bin... Uh, you, you should actually download that song and listen to it right after listening to this podcast. I think it would be a great... I almost wish I can pay for you to download it, the dollar, but I don't know how to... I'm not... I'm not... fucking... I don't know even know how to do that. There's some nerd out there like... If you um... actually contact iTunes and your listeners and have them hook that up, they'll be able to... It's like, shut up. <laughs> oh I did something pretty cool when uh, I was in Montreal and I just was like just I just wanted to get the alcohol out of my system they had a sauna and a steam room and I took a steam now I don't know if you guys know this but this is what you have to do because it's like taking a sleeping pill it's amazing you go into a steam room you sit there for like 15, 20 minutes and it's insane. Like every like five minutes, it just gets unbearably hot and you just sit there in it and all of the impurities and toxins and everything start coming out of your body and you're just sitting there and it's just humid. You can't really see. You're just basically in this glass cage and you're just, it's amazing and you get out and you're you're wet and, and you, you, you sweated so much shit out, right? And you could do the sauna and the steam room together, but when you're done, you go and you take a shower and then you lay down in air conditioning. I'm telling you, it's as if it's as if that zoo tranquilizer gun they use for the Tigers and Lions. You just get into this zen, insane, insane tiredness and you feel like you could sleep for a month. Oh my God, my eyes are closing as I'm saying that. It was awesome. And it was pretty funny to, to tell some comedians and ask them... Yeah, I'm gonna go for a steam. You want to come? <laughs> and some did, but not with me. Like, like some, some did. Like said that they did. One agent guy was like, "Yeah, I went into the steam room." But, um, Bobby Kelly's hilarious, man. Bobby Kelly and I hung out, and that dude is. We went to Chinatown and ate, and he was doing impressions of me ordering food. And with the Gummy Bears thing, they were busting my balls with it, and he was just doing it. But um, really good. Really good camaraderie, everybody. Really good camaraderie. Air Canada, man. They could not have been less giving a fuck. And you know, here's the worst part. When we were left the airport to go back to our shuttle to get back to the Hyatt, you look up in the air and you just saw planes taking off and it was just adding insult to injury. Granted, they probably weren't going to New York because of New York's weather, but just seeing planes taking off there when you were sitting on a plane for four hours, it's like... I, I guess it's the equivalent to a woman being like, no, 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 no. And then looking over like a half hour later and she's like blowing your friend. I, I guess that's the only b- analogy I can give. But it, it was awful. It was just awful. Here's this flyer. Yeah, they'll try to get you a hotel and you just call it, not really get you on another flight. Thank you. Thank you. Not can we give you anything. Not, hey, you know, are you guys hungry? We'll give you some food vouchers. Delta did that. I think it was Delta. Delta or or United did that where shit fell apart and the, there was a mechanical issue on a plane and they couldn't do it and they gave you something. But because this was weather, still, you don't keep people somewhere for four hours in those closed quarters like that. Four hours? And I got Mr. Leg Spread uh, upset that someone's got a piss. How great would it be if I said, yeah, okay, you know what, sir? Fine, you don't want to get out? No, 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 that's fine. And I just pulled my dick out and pissed in his ear. I'd probably get arrested and that would probably end the trip really bad, but at least I went to the festival first. I just can't believe they did that. It it was just so silly. It, It was just, give something. Give something. But they did give free movies, which was already free, so they gave nothing. Fuck Air Canada. Okay, everybody, let's do some plugs here. What do I got? Here's what I got nothing right now. I have nothing. I am waiting because all the people that give the dates, a lot of them were in Montreal when we were up there. So people are just settling back. So I am, I'm sure I will be doing local shows at the stand, Stand Up New York. And as stuff comes in, I will definitely post it. Thank you for the iTunes messages. Keep please keep putting the iTunes messages on there. The numbers are growing, and um, I will be at the stand doing a showcase spot for a network this Wednesday at eight o'clock. If you want to mosey down, mosey down over. Come on down. Come down by the stand. Um, speak. They were making fun of me because I said I'm going to get a whiskey. And a cigar, and go check Maria Bamford out, and just go, man. You gonna go check Maria Bamford? Get a whiskey, and says so the manliest, unmanliest thing I said. Comedians breaking balls, everybody. But uh, yeah, I will be at. I'm actually almost positive. You know what? Check paulverzi com, the new website, and. I'm not going to lie. I have a bunch of guests that need to get on here. So I'm going to try to spread them out and give you guys some people. So you just don't have to hear me ramble for over an hour. But I didn't do this at the beginning of the show and I want to do it now. I truly mean this. I have a lot of new Twitter followers from Canada. I have a lot of people from Canada, whether they worked in the clubs or they were just fans or they worked for the festival and they're just comedy nerds and they love stand-up. All of your compliments, all of the nice things you said, all of the support at the shows and the tweets and the the friend requests i I really all jokes aside could not thank you guys enough. It was an amazing experience, and I hope to see you all again soon um thank you to to see a city just shut the fuck down for stand up like that and pack out shows i mean i could I don't even know i don't like I didn't see any shows that were bad or as far as like crowds like everything was packed. Whether it was a hundred seat theater or thousands at a gala in a theater for it, te- it was just everything was packed and the people that were amazing. So truly, thank you. Um, it was great. I, I and and also that I did a, their their ESPN in Canada. I did their um, I did an amazing interview with uh, Danielle uh, from TSN. Thank you. She was awesome. She she was. Um, she interviewed me at the date night show, the relationship show, and said it was too short wanted to do more. Also uh, did some press with uh, Laugh Button. So, you know, thank those guys. Just everybody, man, and and the whole thing. You know, it, it's uh, truly too, almost too much. So, so thank you. And please, like I said, go follow me on Twitter, at Paul Verzi. That's V-I-R-Z-I. Go to my Facebook um, get me on there, I have a, a comedy page, and also my regular one, which is the one I pretty much use more, but go to that, and, um, yeah, that, that's it, you know, please, so what we're gonna do with the contest, okay, is this, I have some on, some on Butterfly, not many on Butterfly, I got some on, I got some on, um, emails, okay, but, I need more on Butterfly because Butterfly is what's going to drive the thing. So if you're on Butterfly and you have a friend, just say, Hey, dickhead, all you got to do is get Butterfly Radio, download the free app, go to the TVE, the Effect podcast, click on it, hit record, and say, Hey, Paul. This guy on the airplane was an asshole or, hey, Paul, I was making a sandwich in my deli and I wanted to take the tuna and drown this guy with it. Like, say something like that because he did something stupid. If it's funny and really something annoying, you can get yourself a prize. We're going to do, you know, either a cash prize or, you know, it all depends on the flood that we get. So here's what we're going to do, and this is going on next week. And we will be back to the weekend, regularly scheduled. I'm in the country, and that's what I'm going to do. So, whoever, you know, is funny and everything like that, obviously I'm going to pick because it's my show. And uh, and that's it, you know, either movie tickets or cash. It all depends on who does it. So please send people over to Butterfly Radio, download the app, and we will see what happens. We will see, you know what happens that way so uh, let's try to get some traffic to that and do it all right I think that's a good deal that means you're listening and that means you're getting pissed off about things and the people need to be called out on it and I got some funny ones already and don't be vague either don't be like hey Paul yeah you know when the pizza comes and it's not hot enough, like that, you don't, like, I mean, that's, I'll listen to that, but don't be like, you know, (laughs) don't you hate it when your favorite store closes at 10 o'clock? It's unacceptable. No, don't do that. Don't do that. And I found out, some comedian was telling me that he, he ran into some fans of mine in Chicago. I guess my name is getting out in Chicago. I got to go out to Chicago. Thank you, Chicago people. One of my favorite comedians is from Chicago, Sebastian Maniscalco. Talking to that guy at the of your Die party was fucking... That guy just talk and say anything. That guy could say anything. That guy could say the sentence. So I'm walking down the street and I laugh. Hilarious. But, uh, yeah, so... I should come up with another game too like I, I'm, I'm going to try to come we're, we're going to come up with something we're going to come up with something but for now unacceptable I want to give you guys unacceptable so get to it. How hard is it to just get on an app and do that I don't understand like I'm just saying if you listen if you listen to the show, if you're listening if you are a regular listener, of the Verzi effect podcast, I don't understand if, and you have an iPhone. I don't I truly don't understand how you're just like what I'm fine it's gonna take listen do it now while you're listening to this just grab it and do it I I really don't get it and I know it sounds like my sponsor has a gun to my head right now which they don't although the visual of that would be hilarious (laughs) the visual (laughs) Uh, alright everybody you know and I know that if I take this any further. I'm borderline faking it. And I don't want to do that to you. Because you guys deserve better. Than that. So. I will end with this. You guys are the shit. I'm going to have some guests on. I want to make you a part of this contest. And... Um, We're going to keep it moving, man. We're going to keep this thing moving. Please send the fucking comments. I'm going to check them right now. And by the way, thank you guys who are on there, man. Thank you guys who listen regularly. Jeff K., man, from Arizona. You're the shit, dude. Uh... What, it was a David Stein from um, Hey My Man podcast, and uh, you know Nick P and fucking that dude Cameron and fucking Dan and who else? There's a bunch of you guys that are awesome, man. This dude Willie. There's a couple of people. Uh, I also got. Um, I also got some messages from people. That's the thing. I'm thinking that when I get messages. Or if somebody says something like, hey, say this on your podcast, I'm thinking that you guys don't have um, the iPhone, which, I mean, I'm not going to say we'll go get an iPhone so you can get I'm not going to say that, but there's got to be more of you is all I'm saying, you know. Plus, I can't believe that, what the, that announcement today about the iPhone 6. How crazy is that that they're like they're skipping the 5S, they're going right to the 6 and it's going to be ready. August 25th, and it's like thin and insane, look, I'm just kidding, some of you nerds just came in your pants, I'm kidding, you freaking nerds, somebody probably just clicked off as soon as I said that and ran to the computer, banged their head, started crying like they just saw Michael Jackson, and then realized I was lying, and now I lost a listener, people got to calm down with this shit, man, it's just a phone, you know, but, uh, that's it, so go to com for the, um, for the, you know, for the new dates, and, and please do all that shit, all right, everybody, you guys are awesome, and, um, glad to share all this stuff with you, glad to share a big story, a big moment in my career with you guys, and uh, hopefully there's many, many more to come, so keep listening, spread the word, download the shit, I will talk to you guys, um, soon, take care.